guys welcome back to my podcast today i'll be speaking with natasha who is studying veterinary medicine natasha welcome to the podcast the stemnist so tell us more about yourself my name is natasha welch um i am now a first year veterinary student at virginia maryland college of veterinary medicine um super excited to go back to Blacksburg. I'm actually a Hokie alum, so I'm excited to go back to Blacksburg for another four years. Um, That has me pretty hype. (laughs) So tell us what makes this field so interesting and when did you realize that this is what you want to do? I guess about me and, um, you know, what makes this field so interesting. Um, I started loving animals at a very, very young age, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's kind of the same, you know, veterinary (laughs) or pre-veterinary story that you hear um, about veterinary students, you know, loving animals since they were young. Um, But that was definitely me. I think I I wasn't sure, you know, what kind of route I wanted to take um, regarding animals. I did a few different things. Um, I volunteered at the equine therapy um, center near me. Um, What else did I do? I did uh, SPCA volunteering, um, and then I got into, you know, shadowing veterinarians and absolutely fell in love with the profession. Um, I kind of learned over time that, you know, one of the skills that I, uh, equipped myself with, or kind of naturally had was working with people and, you know, talking to people. And, you know, you hear a lot of people, um, say about this profession, oh, I want to go into this profession because I, I don't like people or, you know, I'm not a fan of people. I don't want to work with people. I want to work with animals. And, um, you know, while veterinarians do, you know, work with animals, um, it's the people that, you know, allows us to work with the animal. You know, uh, we learn our information from the people. Um, You know, we learn, you know, different types of, I guess, potential diagnoses just based off what people are saying, what the owners are saying, what our clients are saying. Um, So it's very important, you know, that us veterinarians learn how to work with people, learn how to work with each other as colleagues. So um, I honestly think that's what drove me to the profession really is having having the opportunity to make an impact on people and animals, both um, of whom I love so much. Veterinary medicine is a pretty vast uh, subject and there are different tracks in your field. So have you decided um, on any one? So Virginia Tech offers, or excuse me, Virginia, Maryland offers um, tracking at our school. And I'm kind of teetering the fence between small animal medicine and um, public corporate route. Um, I want to go into veterinary corporate research. Um, At some point, I thought, I think it would be really cool, you know, to develop the next set of vaccines for animals or, you know, go into some type of research to cure some type of disease, you know, that would be really amazing. Um, So that's kind of like a far future goal, uh, (laughs) considering I'm just starting this journey in a few weeks. So, um, yeah. So how does a day off look like? Um, What keeps you busy? Are there any hobbies or TV shows you like? Hobbies, little things about work-life balance um, that I like to do is... I kind of have this guilty <laughs> guilty pleasure of watching dog grooming videos. I have no idea why. Um, something about it just soothes me. So if anybody likes Rover's makeover, I absolutely love her. <laughs> love watching her in the dog grooming videos. 
um, is kind of like, it kind of eases my mind. Um, um, besides that, I also like to work out. Um, so I'm hoping to continue some of these things when I get into veterinary school. Um, I really do love working out and it does help clear my mind. So the main thing I hear, um, you know, some of the upperclassmen say is, don't miss out on that work-life balance, you know, don't miss out on doing things that you love, um, you know, while you're going through this journey, and I think it's very essential, so I'm trying to keep that, you know, at the, at the front of my mind, you know, as I, I'm about to go into this. Would you like to share any project that you've worked on? Um, for me personally, I'll actually talk about, you know, my previous job, um, I actually just had my last day today. Um, <laughs> I used to be a, a clinical trials assistant. Um, so I used to be working in the administrative side of clinical trials, human clinical trials. And um, because of this job, it actually, you know, opened my eyes to the corporate research sector of of things. And, you know, I'm really excited to kind of learn more about that route, but on the veterinary side of things. Um so yeah, uh, that's kind of one of the the more fun things I got to learn about, you know, you know, good clinical practice and, um, you know, the process of how, you know, studies begin and end. And um, yeah, that's, that's really what, really what made me, you know, more interested in it. So, you know, I'm excited to, you know, get to Virginia, Maryland and actually start tracking and learning more about, you know, my options in that, in that area of uh, the veterinary world. Wow, so you knew what you wanted to do since your first year. I think, yeah, projects, experiences, internships, they all definitely shape our future path. And tell us how you got interested in STEM. Um, that's an that's a interesting and big question for me personally. Um, you know, what made me interested in STEM personally um, is that, you know, we really don't see... Uh, a lot of black women in STEM and, um, you know, there, there could be different things that, you know, also discourage us from going into STEM. But I think, um, for me, it was very important to, to be a role model for other, other black women and other women, you know, um, to, to join this field and to really, you know, just be a, a good representation for it. Um, I think that's what that's what also, you know, motivates me to stay in it is that, you know, I want to be an example, you know, for, you know, that little girl's like, oh, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it too. Um, that's really kind of really what pushes me to keep going. I love, you know, the idea of mentor, mentorship and giving back um, to those. And and I think that's kind of what um, why I'm so like grateful to be a part of an organization such as um, Black TVM Network. Um, founded by Tierra Price, who's also an alum of Virginia, Maryland. Um, they have provided, you know, such great mentorship and so many connections and um, opportunities to network, you know, in the short matter, in the short amount of time that I've been a member with them. Um, so it's been absolutely amazing. I love to be able to, um, you know, give back to those who are also interest, interested in, um, you know, not just veterinary medicine, but also just animal science in general. Yeah, mentoring is very fulfilling. It's something like a pay-it-forward thing. Um, what are your future goals? Future goals? Yeah, I kind of touched on that, um, you know, earlier, getting into veterinary corporate research or, you know, small animal practice. I do have, you know, um, 
I guess, an interest in pathology and radiology. So maybe thinking about specializing in those. I'm not very sure yet. <laughs> but I'm definitely um, keeping my, you know, my mind and my scope very open, you know, to what is available to me and the type of, the type of opportunities, you know, I can, I can come across during my journey. Women in this podcast have been open about the challenges they faced while pursuing their goals. Did you face any challenges on your journey? Yeah, so, um, you know, I touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, just being a black woman in veterinary medicine, it's it's kind of tough, you know. Um, in a lot of the places that I worked and volunteered, I was the only black female there. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I dealt with uh, a few different things. I just for instance, you know, I was told, um, you know, one day, I was told to put up my hair one day and my, my hair barely, barely touched my shoulders. And I was told, you know, next time you come in, you know, for your shift, you need to put up your hair. And, you know, the techs and my other co-workers who were, um, you know, Caucasian females, they had their hair out and past their collarbones, just, you know, flowing freely. And that, that really did something to me because, you know, I ended up asking a tech, I was like, you know, so-and-so asked me to put up my hair. Is it, is it too long? And she was like, no, she was like, I wear my hair out every day, all day, every day. So I'm not sure, you know, why she would tell you to do that. Um, so, you know, it's different things like that. And, you know, these are the different microaggressions and um, things that are not really, you know, I guess, talked about in the workplace, but they happen so often. Um, they happen so often to the point where it may discourage people from wanting to be in this profession um, and wanting to, I don't know, I guess set an example. Um, you know, it's, it's just really, it's really tough. But those were the different types of things that I, that I had to push through because it's like, you know, do I deserve to be here? You know, I was having imposter syndrome before even, you know, getting my acceptance to veterinary school. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, definitely very tough to deal with, but you know, I'm so happy I pushed through it and got here and, you know, I, I know there will be, you know, more obstacles along the way, but I definitely feel like, you know, the experiences that I had in the past definitely equipped me for, you know, what I'm going to experience. So Wow, I mean, it's so sad that this happens, even in this age. Um, why do you think there need to be more girls in STEM? Um, it's simple. You know, representation matters. Representation is, uh, you know, very much important. As I was saying earlier, you know, I want other little girls to be able to look up to me and be like, wow, she did it. You know, she's amazing at what she does. And, you know, I can't wait to, you know, join that path. Um, you know, it's... Uh, really cool now that you know the veterinary field is um women are primarily women um I'm like that's just so exciting to me to um you know that we're taking over a field that you know at one point you know wasn't wasn't you know dominated by women in that um I just think that's so amazing because it just gives us so much empowerment and, you know, so much strive and motivation to keep pushing in fields that, you know, um, were <laughs> where we were told back in the day that we could never do. Um, so I absolutely love that. In the end, any advice for veterinary aspirants or any advice in general? Wow. I would say my biggest tip for everything is just staying open, staying open and um, taking all the opportunities you can. Um, with that being said, start early, 
um, this is definitely the type of journey where you need to build upon your experience and, um, you know, make sure that your resume is pretty much stacked, you know, so that these veterinary schools are, you know, calling you to get in. <laughs> um, but yeah, just starting early, you know, and always being open to different opportunities, even if it's something that you feel like you don't like, you know, you may do it and absolutely fall in love with it. So just keep your mind open um, and keep pushing because it's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be tough. You just want to keep those around you who are kind of constantly encourage you, um, no matter if they understand the path that you're on or not or the journey that you're taking. Um, just keep a, keep a village around you that is really going to uplift you and give you support at all times. That is what I can say. Um, I have definitely found, you know, my village um, over time and they have absolutely kept pushing me the times where I wanted to give up they were like no Natasha this is what you were meant to do um and that's what kept me pushing it took me three years to get into veterinary school um you know I started applying actually in 2017 so it's four it's been four years now and I'm actually you know just now starting um in the fall so it's it's so crazy and so surreal to say, but it was worth every teardrop. It was worth every, you know, every every situation that I went through. Um, it was worth it to get that acceptance letter. Um, you know, I didn't even have the easiest time getting in on my third try. You know, I was actually waitlisted for admission. And, um, you know, this was just this one year, you know, where I guess, you know, the waitlist was moving pretty slow. Um, I was, I actually started off as number two on the wait list and I didn't find that out, find that out until I think April, 2021 and, um, everybody else got their, um, decisions on December 3rd, 2020. So from December, 2020 to April, 2021, I had no idea where I was on the wait list until I got that email saying that I was number two. Um, and that just made me broke, break down and cry, um, <laughs> because, uh, I, I had a conversation, you know, previously, or actually before, like prior to that, um, prior to that email, you know, where I was told, you know, you're just not, um, competitive for veterinary school. And I was just like, wow, you know, I'm pretty sure when I get this email, I'm about to find out that I'm like number 200 or, you know, just some, some crazy number where I'm going to have to apply again. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I was number two and I, you know, me and my mom, we broke down and cried, we broke down and cried. And, um, it, even still, even still from there, um, I had to wait a little bit longer. Um, I didn't, you know, I found out, um, April 1st that I was number two. Um, I think probably around May, maybe May 3rd, I think it, I found out I was number one because, you know, the person in front of me removed their self from the list and then from May to June, June 8th, 2021, I finally got in and my dreams finally came true. So um, I say that I say all that to say that, you know, waiting is OK. You know, delay does not mean denial. And that, um, you know, if you are waiting on something or you, you're waiting for your time to happen, it will absolutely happen. It will happen and it'll come true right at the time that it's supposed to Um I truly, truly believe that because, you know, this, this, you know, my whole acceptance just, it, it would, you know, exceeded my wildest dreams. Um, I actually created a, 
you know, an acceptance video where I surprised my parents um, to tell them I got in and it went viral. <laughs> it went viral so much so that I ended up on the Today Show and um, Hoda Kotb, a, a Hokie alum, she actually shouted me out. And um, it was just an amazing experience to have gone through all that strife, to have gone through all that struggle um, to the point where I didn't know if this profession was for me anymore. And um, yeah, <laughs> I got a shout out on the Today Show so I can check being off, you know, being on national TV off of my bucket list. Um, it was an absolutely amazing experience. And I really just encourage, you know, everyone out there to just keep pushing, keep pushing. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen if you really want it. So, yeah. Remain open to opportunities and keep pushing. I think that's so true. And wow, congrats on being on the Today Show. Wow, that's so cool. Um, thank you so much for being um, a guest on my podcast. And see you soon, guys, next week.